Hello and welcome to another bite-sized episode of the All of You podcast. Um, so far, we have covered two pillars of health, one of them being a health mindset and the second one being some very simple and practical tips on nutrition. And today we're going to talk about exercise or physical activity, which is another key pillar of our self-care and wellness. Now, this is a topic that is dear to my heart and with the uh, Dubai 1330 initiative, this is a really great time to add some fuel to the fire of motivation to really get us uh, up and active. I'll start by saying that if exercise were a pill or if the benefits of exercise could be distilled into a pill, everybody would be taking it and every doctor would be prescribing it. Um, There are very few, if any, downsides to exercise and the benefits are um, vast, um, more so than any drug supplement, vitamin, nutritional uh, addition, anything. So, you know, I really want to extol the virtues of exercise and I want to start by setting the context. And I've said this before, but it's really important that we have a context so that we can reframe exercise as something that is more or less non-negotiable as opposed to something that's a, a, a privilege or a luxury or just an, uh, an adjunct to our everyday life. It is more or less imperative that we are exercising in a modern world because our modern day environments have just about taken away every uh, single every need for us to exert ourselves physically. Um, so we could literally lay on the sofa and live our lives by pressing buttons, uh, by by swiping and pressing buttons on our phone. So literally, our modern day environments have robbed us of the of the requirements and the obligation to move and, and exert ourselves physically. Um, and just as a, as a reflection of that, um, you know, our rapid advancements in technology have really co- created a modern-day culture of convenience and comfort, which is, you know, really harming our physical and mental health. Um, and if we just kind of look at, say, the last uh, 50 years, there's been such a decrease in the number of people working in occupations that really require even the most moderate physical activity, such as, you know, agriculture or, or producing goods. Um, and there's a huge increase in the amount of people who are working in sedentary occupations and that require long periods of sitting, such as the you know, service industry occupations. Um, and there's research to show that in the 1960s, almost half of industry professions required some form of moderate physical activity. And now it's less than 20% that demand us to, to exert ourselves physically at all. So we can see that modernity comes, with, comes at a great cost and with great responsibility. And one of those responsibilities is for us to proactively move our bodies beyond our the, the norms of our everyday life. Um, so, you know, from an evolutionary perspective, it is, you know, physical exertion is just a, it's just non-negotiable. Um, and if you think about it, only 10,000 years or so, 10,000 years approximately ago, if, if we weren't exerting ourselves, um, uh, we didn't eat and we probably were eaten if, uh, you know, by some kind of predator. So it really is uh, essential that, you know, because physiologically we are still the same 
um, you know, this, still the same organism as we were 10,000 years ago as hunter-gatherers. Um, and we're, we are really physically optimized to thrive and survive via regular physicalization. And so controlled amounts of physical stress help us live longer, healthier, and better quality lives. Now, this kind of leads on to the concept of uh, hormesis, which I've talked about as well. And hormesis describes the process in which um, we expose our bodies to controlled amounts of stress, um, and this upregulates our capacity um, of our cells and, and, and our, our organs to, to withstand greater stress. So controlled amounts of stress is really beneficial for our health, and exercise is one of these hormetic stresses that provides um, just numerous benefits. Um, and when it comes to experience stress, I think it's really important that we understand that our stress response is, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a call to physical activity and exercise is nature's most effective um, stress buffer or our stress resilience tool or reliever of stress. Um, because if you think about it, the fight or flight and response, which you're probably familiar with, it prepares us for physical activity. Run, flight, or fight. You know, do something to get us out of danger. So physical activity actually utilizes the stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol. Um, and it also, you know, it, it releases amazing neurotransmitters such as endorphins, enkephalin, endocannabinoids. And these are the body's natural analgesia, the body's natural painkillers. So not only do we relieve stress, we get a really good feeling from exercise as well. Um, so I think it's really important that we reframe exercise as something that is an essential part of modern life as opposed to uh, you know, a recreational activity that we may, un may not involve ourselves in. This whole idea of a non-negotiable kind of attitude towards it. When we contract our muscles during exercise, we also release these amazing signaling proteins called myokines, which help to uh, protect us and fight um, you know, some of the, the, the most prevalent um, diseases or lifestyle-related diseases of our time, such as cancer, age-related muscle wastage, um, neurodegenerative conditions, metabolic health issues. Um, and it also helps to, to, to resist or to, um, to prevent muscle wastage um, improve our brain health, our metabolism, our immune function, and regulate inflammation. So these myokines are these, uh, these signaling proteins, known as cytokines, which you may be familiar with. Uh, when our muscles contract, we release these into our bloodstream, and, and it's, 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 it's really amazing how beneficial just uh, even moderate exercise can be for our health. And on another note, age-related muscle wastage is something we're all going to face. It, there's no getting away from that. And beyond the age of around 40 or 50, we start to lose our muscle mass at a rate of about 1% to 2% a year, um, unless we're actively preserving it through um, you know, dedicated kind of resistance training or strength training. Uh, and with that loss of muscle uh, comes a loss of strength. And there is lots and lots of research to show us that we are at a higher risk of mortality or death from all causes, the weaker we are. Um, so being stronger increases your chances of living longer. So when it comes to exercise, I guess the question is, well, what is the most effective exercise? And if we 
hop back to the research again, we can show that two of the most influential factors for a healthy lifespan or a long, uh, a, a long lifespan and a long health span, it is our physical strength and our volume of oxygen, the maximum volume, volume of oxygen that we can use during intense um, exercise, known as the VO2 max. So we could say our cardio, uh, our cardiovascular fitness, as well as our physical strength. Those two um, alone um, are hugely protective for our health. Now, strength training is, is, is a physical activity that's really designed to improve our muscular strength um, and use, a, you know, use our muscles against a, a significant external resistance. So this includes things like free weights, weights machines, and even our own body weight. So uh, muscular strength, it isn't a walk. <laughs> um, it isn't a, it's not even running. It's not swimming. You know, these, these activities won't necessarily improve or preserve our muscular strength. Um, it's all about lifting heavy things, okay? So lifting things that are near to our maximal um, capacity to lift those things. And so it's really important that we're, we're, we're thinking about the types of exercise that we're doing to preserve and protect and improve our health. And, you know, people often say to me in the clinic, uh, when I ask the question, um, do you do any exercise? And they say, well, I, I walk. And I say, well, mm, <laughs> we all walk. And if you didn't walk, mm, maybe life wouldn't be so great. So Yes, if we're really uh, purposely and intentionally walking with vigor and speed, walking can be a good exercise. But generally, when it comes to things like preserving muscle mass and being stronger, walking doesn't even touch the sides. So we really need to kind of, uh, you know, like I said, reframe and recontextualize what effective exercise really is. There's a difference between physical activity and and exercise. So think of strength training as a, as a form of um, like retirement savings, just as you would, you know, you want to retire with enough money uh, saved up to sustain you for the rest of your life. Uh, when you when you reach older age, you you want to do this with exercise as well. You want to get to a state where you are able to, especially in your last decade of life, really, really, you know, live independently, climb stairs, maybe play with your grandchildren, um, recover from a fall, or catch yourself before you fall. And your muscular strength is key to this. So much so that if you're not strong now, um, it doesn't bode well for the future. And it's really important that we put that kind of, you know, metaphorical money in the bank um, now. And we can extrapolate, extrapolate that to females as well as males. Um, and the VO2 max refers to, the, like I said before, the amount of oxygen that a person can utilize during intense exercise. And, and this measurement is generally considered to be the best indicator of our cardiovascular fitness and aerobic endurance. So strength, physical strength, and our VO2 max, those are the two things that um, you know, kind of uh, are, are really key factors in, our, in a quality health span and a quality lifespan. And, and just to put this into context, um, according to uh, Dr. Peter Atia, who is an expert in the applied science of longevity and well-being, um, he says that being physically strong uh, and, and having good cardio cardiovascular fitness for our age um, has a greater positive impact on our health and longevity than any one thing has a negative impact, such as being a smoker, having diabetes, high blood pressure, 
of being obese or even having end-stage renal disease. Um, so the downsides of these things uh, is relatively small compared to the benefits of being physically strong and having good cardiovascular fitness. So that kind of puts it into context of how important those two aspects of our physical fitness are. Um, so, you know, longevity medicine is becoming very trendy these days, and there's a lot of focus on, well, how do I, you know, maintain my, uh, you know, my physical looks, my, my, my physiological um, robustness and, and live a long health span? And if we're not thinking about these two things first, I'm not saying forget all of the supplements and the nutrients and the vitamins and infusions, but really, if you were, if you were not, you know, kind of investing in your physical strength and your cardiovascular fitness, you're not really um, ticking the essential boxes and laying the foundations for longevity. Um, and you know, the whole concept of training smart, not hard really applies when it comes to exercise. Um, and so we don't have necessarily have to be hugely heroic in our efforts. Um, you know, we just have to be smart and specific to uh, our, our own personal needs. Um, and, you know, when it comes to physical activity, a lot of people have this impression or stigma towards exercise as it being, uh, you know, very uncomfortable, unfamiliar, um, intimidating. And really, you know, we can break exercise down into small little what I call movement snacks, which can be very functional. It might be going for a walk uh, at pace, taking in some stirs, uh, doing some squats by the, you know, when you're waiting for the kettle to boil, breaking your exercise down into small chunks of, say, 10 minutes um, could lead to you actually being more physically active than doing one heroic hour in the gym or having one heroic session so you know i don't want to contradict myself when it comes to the type of exercise we do but for many of us anything is better than nothing and the benefits we gain from the first you know from from the first interactions with exercise the initial interactions with exercise say we're in the the, the lowest 25 percent of 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 levels of fitness just by going from that first 25 percent and that bottom 25% of levels of fitness into the next, uh, into the 25th to 50th percent of levels of fitness is going to, is going to um, transfer huge benefits for our health. So really, in the context of modern life, where many of us are doing little to no proactive or dedicated exercise, you know, just something is better than nothing. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I struggle to find the time. And my response to that is we find the time for things that are a priority to us. So what I say to people is instead of saying that we don't have time, say that, why don't we say that everything in your life at, at the current time is more important than exercise? Because that's a more realistic uh, you know, kind of, um, I think, overview that we have time if we prioritize exercise. And, and I think that's really important that we, we tell ourselves that because we can really establish self-limiting beliefs that can prevent us from really exploring our potential and living a much better quality life. And as I mentioned earlier, the majority of us have the potential to make significant improvements to our health and lifespan with the most modest amount of effort. 
So uh, as I said, just moving from that lowest 25% of the population to the next 25%, um, you know, it, it can cut our risk of mortality in half at any given point in time, just by doing a little bit, moving from that bottom 25% um, of, of, of fitness levels into the next 25%. Um, so simply put, there is, there, there is little if nothing that can improve and protect our health like exercise and, and um, you know, there's nothing that compares to it. And so contextualizing our exercises in medicine, I think is really important um, because there is this concept uh, in, in healthcare of, you know, kind of exercises medicine, reframing it as something that is non-negotiable. So if you are given a medication by your doctor or a consultant, you would probably take it. And exercise should be in that vein now because, as I said, we're, we're living ultra-sedentary lives. And there are so many amazing benefits to getting physically active. Now, um, I think that the things that we can do to look after ourselves better, especially in the realm of exercise, yeah, we can do some very simple things to really incorporate it into our day. And as I said earlier, it doesn't have to be a heroic effort, so an hour or two hours at a time. We could start with as little as 10 minutes per day. Um, and the more modest our physical activity goals are, the easier they will be to, uh, to achieve. Um, and these little small successes or small movement snaps or bite-sized efforts with exercise, they build a feeling of mastery, confidence, and momentum. And that's what we're really looking at, is trying to build habits. Um, and that real feeling of reward is, 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 is going to reinforce our efforts and keep us sticking to these, um, these small, you know, consistent habits. So doing things like attaching exercise to our most predictable activities in the day, we all have routines and habits that we have in most days. And so if we make a list of our established daily habits, such as, you know, brushing our teeth, taking a shower, getting out of bed, getting dressed, we could maybe attach, you know, a few minutes of exercise around these very predictable habits that we already have. And, um, you know, exercising first thing in the morning, I think is probably one of the best times because as the day progresses and obligations and distractions take a hold, it becomes harder and harder. And obviously we're, we're becoming more and more tired as the day goes on. So, you know, getting out of bed early and exercise is, is a great kind of a window of time. And that also regulates our night's sleep. So exercising in the morning will regulate our what's known as our circadian rhythm, our 24-hour sleep-wake cycle, and help us get a great night's sleep. Um, and it will perk us up for the day, releasing all of those great happy hormones, such as endorphins um, and dopamine. You know, we're, we're going to have a brighter outlook throughout the day by starting our day with some exercise. Um, and, you know, maybe developing a good network of social support. So getting out there with friends, a lot of people don't really like to exercise on their own or they're not motivated enough. So developing a, a you know, a small social group or, a, you know, kind of inducting yourself or committing yourself to a class where you get to know a few people and there's a little bit of accountability there. And as I said at the beginning, this Dubai 30 30 fitness challenge, um, which is really a, a, a citywide and community effort really improve the health status of this city. And the more accomplished we feel with exercise, the more likely we're going to adhere to it and the less intensity we will feel and the less 
effortful it will feel. So it will feel a lot easier if we're doing something that we're already familiar with. So starting with something that you know you're familiar with, that you've enjoyed in the past, is a really good way to, to kick off your exercise habit. Um, and I would always say, as I, as I mentioned earlier, including some form of resistance training for many, many reasons, whether it's bone health, metabolic health, um, reducing uh, age-related muscle wastage, um, and you know, females, especially around uh, the menopause, resistance training is a fantastic way of regulating many of the um, symptoms that can be apparent during the the, the, men the menopause and transition. So, you know, muscles are not just, um, you know, mechanical uh, organs. They are endocrine organs. They release these chemicals which really help to regulate our hormones and our metabolic health in various other processes in the body. Um, so developing the habit of exercise is, is, is really key. And, um, you know, getting out of bed in the morning to your favorite song, your gym clothes are there by the bed, you're ready to go, make it frictionless, make it easy for you to engage with um, and really get that sense of accountability with, with, with uh, friends, colleagues, um, you know, family, whoever it may be. And so, as I said earlier, let's contextualize this. Modern society has really reduced our need to move it is our ability to move and move well that has helped to survive and thrive as a species. Um, we don't have to do anything now to, um, to, to obtain our food, our calories, our energy. So the equation of the amount of energy in compared to the amount of energy out has rapidly changed. And what we need to do is, is balance that equation out because many of us are taking in a lot more energy via food than we're expending. And we know that even just a, a teaspoon of glucose more in your bloodstream is the difference between not having um, being healthy and having type 2 diabetes. Um, and unfortunately, in our modern day food environments, you know, the amount of refined carbohydrates and processed foods is really bumping up that glucose in our bloodstream. And our muscles act as and glucose sinks, you know, they soak up the glucose, they regulate our blood sugar, um, and as well as a myriad of other benefits. So seeing exercise as just a non-negotiable part of your everyday is really going to help you build that habit. Um, and with that said, I think uh, I have extolled enough of the virtues of exercise to maybe whet your appetite and give you a bit of fuel on the fire to get you motivated. Um, and once you break that ice, you break through that inertia, the momentum will build, the dopamine will feed back and give you that sense of reward and motivation to keep going. So, you know, get your shoes on, get your kit on and uh, get out there and um, give your body the vitality and the stimulation that it deserves. Um, and you will be thanked for it. Your body will thank you um, immeasurably for this. So thank you very much for listening. Please enjoy Dubai 3030. Be active, get involved, do what you can. And in the realm of habit formation, you know, if you don't do it one day, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up, be self-compassionate, get back on the wagon the next day, but don't leave it more than a day, okay? 
if you fall off, get yourself back up, dust stuff and go again. Um, exercise is probably one of the most, if not the most, powerful protector of health that is known to mankind. So enjoy your exercise, enjoy 30-30, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you.